Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured and pondered these words. Verse 19, such a small verse with so much to say. Sort of like these small miracles that we will baptize in a minute. So small, such enormous potential. I wonder what Mary did ponder after that strange pregnancy, after the exhausting travel, after the excited shepherds left the stable. What did Mary consider as she recovered from childbirth and nursed a new baby and made ready for a visit to the temple for purification and dedication of her firstborn son? Did she think on the words of the angel Gabriel who announced that she was chosen by God? Or the magnificent hymn that sprang from her lips after that angelic visit? Did she ponder the glad greeting from her relative Elizabeth? Or Joseph's compassionate response when he determined to continue with their betrothal? Just a few verses after this verse 19, Luke repeats this idea of Mary's pondering when in the temple, Simeon foretells the violence of the cross. Simeon tells Mary that a metaphorical sword will pierce her heart at the death of her son, Jesus. Perhaps then, Mary considered that which we 
must all contemplate at some point in our lives, if we are paying attention, how can the world be so full of suffering and so full of joy at the same time? I wonder if Mary pondered that which we perhaps all think about at the turn of a new year, how we can never know what love and what loss lies ahead, that we can only go forward trusting in the presence of the Lord. The new year is always full of best of lists, the ubiquitous year in review is all over our news media today, isn't it? And you'll find me reading the best things I ate in 2022 <laughs> from Jennifer Biggs of the Daily Memphian. And I enjoy reviewing the entire list of the well-known folks who died this year from Queen Elizabeth to soccer star Pele. But most recently, I've had a tab open on my browser with a story from a major national newspaper titled The Year in Pictures 2022. I find it hard to look through, actually, filled as it is with images from the war in Ukraine, pictures of children working in the mines of Afghanistan, and the shootings in Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, New York. But there are also in this news story images of joy and wonder and reconciliation. There is a picture of a middle-aged couple dancing in their hallway. There are new pictures of deep space from the Webb telescope. There is a picture of Pope Francis in what he called his pilgrimage of penance, in which he apologized to Canadian indigenous peoples for the, for the abuse at church-run schools. So yes, the world in 2022 is full of both love and loss, suffering and joy just as it was 2,000 years ago when Mary had a baby. There is this evil and suffering side by side with the good. And with Mary, we are invited to ponder the incarnation. That is the presence of God in the form of his son, Jesus, who entered our world. We are invited to ponder the incarnation as the only viable way to move through this duality. For the incarnation is God's way of entering this dualistic world so that he can know all of our pain and so that he can show us how to love. Holy Scripture doesn't actually fully answer the question of why suffering. 
Yes, there is an old school theology that imagines suffering as a sign of div divine disfavor. And there is an equally damaging theology that imagines suffering as part of God's plan of salvation. I don't subscribe to those theologies because I can't imagine it in God's nature to cause the agony of even one person in order to bring about the grace of another. Rather, I read scripture to say this. There is no promise that suffering will end, at least on this side of the grave. But scripture does promise that God in Christ will be present with us in all that we experience. Through Christ, we can be assured that God weeps with those who mourn and laughs with those who rejoice. And so the message of Christmas is as simple and as complicated as that. That God is with us through it all. God does not promise to change things through worldly power, but through a different kind of power, the power of loving presence. That is what I imagine Mary pondered after the shepherds left. That the coming of Jesus is God's promise to journey with us in all times and all places. We celebrate this presence at our baptisms today. We make Christ's presence real and known to the three children that are baptized today as we repeat the baptismal covenant. Just as later in the liturgy, Christ will make his presence known and real in the bread and wine. The Christmas promise is Emmanuel, God with us. Mary would come to know this presence as Jesus grew in his ministry, and most especially she would know that presence at the foot of the cross. And we know it too. Our response to this Christmas promise is to share the presence of Christ with those who are baptized today, with all who are gathered in our pews and online, and most especially with all those that we encounter as we go out into this lovely and sinful world. May we make Emmanuel, God with us, real today, with God's help. Amen.